Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 23 of season 3 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Many successful radio programs in the golden age of radio started out as summer replacements for the Bob Hope Show, which was off the air from June to August. A date with Judy was in one such show, first airing on June 24, 1941, and running through September 16th. It originally starred 14-year-old Ann Gillis in the title role, later replaced by Deli Ellis in 1942, and then finally Louise Erickson for the remaining seven years of the show. The show originally targeted teen audiences, but was actually quite popular with adults as well. Rival CBS developed its own similar series, Meet Corliss Archer, to compete with it in the ratings. Others in the cast were Mercedes McCambridge as Judy's girlfriend, Richard Crenna as Oogie Pringle, and Paul McGrath and Margaret Brayton as Judy's parents. Now sit back and enjoy the July 21st, 1942 broadcast of A Date with Judy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's a summer evening on the Foster front porch. Judy and her friend Mitzi are there, and Judy's brother Randolph is kibitzing. This is the third night in a consecutive hunk I don't have a date. Uh, business is bad with me, too, Judy. I wonder what's become of men. It isn't what's become of them I care about. It's what's going to become of me. And what's going to become of my new evening gown if I never wear it. It'll just probably stay in the cupboard until one day it falls off the hook. Dead. Be quiet, Randolph. You know, this is the longest lull without dates I've ever known since, well, for a couple of weeks, anyway. I know what, Judy. Let's have a party. Oh, Mitzi, that's a brilliant idea. It'll put us right back on our feet socially. Well, anyhow, it'll give you another crack at the boys. <laughs> you know, the trouble with most parties is other girls. You too positively said it. It seems like every time I give a party, some other girl gets, well, practically engaged. If you could only have a party without other girls. Just with boys. Mitzi, why couldn't we? Why couldn't we what? Have a party and just invite boys. Millions of them. We'd have all the men to ourselves because the only girls who'd be there would be us. Are you sure you want Mitzi to come? <laughs> well, why don't we have it? Tomorrow night, what do you say? It's a deal, Judy. Okay, we'd better start inviting boys right now. Isn't this a scrumptious idea? Yes, except do you think the boys will want to come to the party when they find out we're the only girls there? We won't tell them. But won't it be kind of a letdown when they find it out at the party? We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Come on, Mitzi, we're going over to your house now and call the boys. Why can't we do it here at your house, Judy? Because my family gets nervous when I use the phone 25 or 30 times in a row. So does mine. Oh, but Judy doesn't have to live with your family, Mitzi. Come on, Mitzi. If you let us call the boys from your house, I'll have the party at my house. Sounds fair enough. 
Hi, Mother. Hello, Randolph. Where have you been? Out on the porch with Judy and Mitzi. Aren't girls weird? Mm-hmm. Babble, 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 back and forth. No. Hey, Mother, you're not even listening to me. I'm very busy right now, Randolph. What you doing? I'm counting the people I've invited to my party tomorrow night. Your party tomorrow night? Well, certainly. Who else would be having a party tomorrow night? Well, you never can tell. <laughs> you see, I thought it would be a good chance to have a very snooty hen party while your father's out of town. Yeah, but under the circumstances, I think you'd better forget Randolph, about... please, go over to Curly's house or someplace. I haven't time to chat. Chatting might be very profitable at this moment, Mother. Uh, I can hand you some chat that'll make your hair stand on end. Now, that's enough. For a boy your age, you talk too much, Randolph. Tomorrow night about this time, will you please remind me of that remark? Now, let me see. Mrs. Smith makes 11. Mrs. Goodman makes 12. Mrs. Randolph, aren't you gone yet? That settles it. I will now stand by and let nature take its course. There, I guess that does it. Well, Randolph, what are you going to do tomorrow night? Me? I'm just going to sit back and enjoy a double feature. Well, it looks like fireworks coming up in the foster home. You've heard the cause. In a minute, you'll hear the effect. Here's another case of plain cause and effect. I know a girl just like Judy who's had unusually good luck lately. Cause, Pepsodent. Effect, sparkling teeth and a brighter smile. No wonder her luck's changed. Pepsodent removed that dingy coating from her teeth, and now they're sparkling clean, and she has a dazzling smile. So many attentions come her way, the girls say she's lucky, but the men say she's a knockout. Tomorrow may be your lucky day, if you're ready to attract good luck with a dazzling Pepsodent smile. Go to your drug counter tonight and say, Pepsodent toothpaste, please. And remember, government orders, take an empty tube with you, any size from any product, to exchange for a new tube of Pepsodent. And now, let's get back to that date we have with Judy. Come here a minute, Judy. I want you to help me with something for the party tonight. The party? Then you know about it. Well, what do you mean, know about it? I'm up to my ears in work for it, aren't I? Oh, but I hate to see you working so hard. I was Hold going to Hold a step to do ladder, it. will you, dear? I want to get down the sterling silver. The sterling silver? Gee, Mother, you shouldn't go to all that trouble. The everyday silver would be perfectly good enough. <laughs> don't be silly. They'd all go home and talk about me if I just had everyday silver on the table. Oh, I don't think they would. I don't think they'd even notice it. <laughs> my dear, they'd notice it if there was a dead fly on the inside of a chandelier two inches from the ceiling. Oh, you won't need to worry about them hanging from chandeliers or anything. They'll probably behave pretty well, most of the time. Well, I certainly hope so. But look, I haven't time to gossip, Judy. I haven't even decided on a menu yet. Well, I was thinking about hot dogs and baked beans and maybe a bunch of dill pickles. Why, I never heard of anything so ridiculous in all my life. Hot dogs and... Pi Judy, I'm going to have pâté de foie gras and caviar canapés, if I can get the caviar. And I might have a guinea hen. A guinea hen? Oh, Mother, how too utterly luxurious. Let's see. I suppose cocktails are out. Cocktails? Oh, Mother, don't be silly. Root beer's good enough. Judy. <laughs> if you don't stop making idiotic suggestions, root beer. I want this to be one of the nicest parties ever held in this house. Well, that's the way I feel about it, but I didn't know you felt that way. We'll have fruit punch and serve it with the hors d'oeuvre. Mother, you're just about the most understanding person I ever heard of in my whole life. Well, if I wouldn't understand how to have a nice party after all these years, it... 
You know, this party's going to cost about ten or twelve dollars. Ten or twelve dollars? Oh, Mother, that's awfully generous. And since you're so terribly sweet, I'm going to put up fifty cents of my own money. Oh, Judy, you don't need to spend your money on this party. Why not, Mother? I'm glad to. Oh, Judy, sometimes I underestimate you. When you come right down to it, you're about the sweetest, most unselfish girl I know. Mr. Gordon, this is Mrs. Foster. I'd like to order some salted nuts for a party this evening. Hello, Mr. Spiegel. This is Judy Foster. Could you send over some cigars? No, they're not for Father. They're for party. Is this the record shop? Well, this is Judy Foster, and I'd like to buy a few records for a party I'm having tonight. Have you got Conk Me on the Bonk with a coconut? Oh, gee, that's wonderful. Is this Mr. Mayworm? Well, this is Mrs. Foster. Mr. Mayworm, I'm having a party tonight, and I wondered if you could come and play your lovely harp for the ladies. You can? Oh, Mr. Mayworm, that's wonderful. The selections? Well, suppose you play something sort of... Well, yes, that'll be nice, but couldn't you play... Well, all right, but you see the... That's lovely. But you see... No, Mr. Mayworm, I haven't any more suggestions. Goodbye. Hello, Randolph. Where's everybody? Well, Judy's upstairs dunking her loveliness in the bathtub. Mother just finished dunking hers. And me, I'm just hanging around. This is going to be quite a night. Gee, I guess somebody's coming already. Doggone if it isn't a man with a harp. How do you do, young man? Now, if you just hold the door open, I bring my harp in. Before you go to all that trouble, maybe it'd be a good idea to find out if you've got the right address. Uh, this is the Foster residence, isn't it? It is, where anything can happen. Hmm. Young man, is this the largest door you have in this house? <laughs> it's going to be very difficult to get my harp through it. <laughs> Maybe you could sort of fly in through a window. No levity, young man. Kindly send for your mother. Mother! Mother! I did not say shout. Shouting is the only thing that gets results in this house. Did you call me, Randolph? You see. Oh, goodness, Mr. Mayworm, you're here with your harp. Uh, Come right in. He can come in, but the question is, can his harp? This is the smallest door I've ever encountered. Well, well, well don't break your harp trying to get it through. No, that would be catastrophic. <laughs> Randolph, suppose you run around to the backyard and see if Mr. Mayworm's harp can get through that way. Don't worry, I'll open wide them pearly gates. Come along, fellow. Oh, hello, Mitzi. What are you doing here, waiting for Judy? Yes, Mrs. Foster. I think I'll go upstairs and hurry along. Oh, Somebody's here already. Heavens, and I haven't even got the punch ready. Hello, Dora. Surprise, I'm home. Melvin! Well, for goodness sake, I didn't expect you till the first of the week. Well, I have another surprise for you, dear. This is Mrs. Miller. How do you do? How do you do? Yes, I, I stopped off with the Millers in Cleveland to talk a little business, and I talked Mrs. Miller into spending a few days with us as our house guest. <laughs> well, how lovely. Uh... Well, isn't that grand? I knew you'd be tickled to death. <laughs> you know, I've talked to Dora so much about you, Mrs. Miller. You and your charming husband. <laughs> Haven't I, Dora? Oh, you certainly have. <laughs> well, goodness, uh, to think I'm having a party this evening. and A party? Uh, a hen party. 
Just paying off some obligations, you know, Mrs. Miller. I see. Well, that's fine, then. Well, Dora, I suppose Mrs. Miller will want to go upstairs and change after the ride in, hmm? Oh, of course. I'll show you to the guest room. Oh, I have news. Mr. Mayworm can't get his harp through the back door, either. Oh, hello, Father. Oh, hello, son. Uh, Mrs. Miller, I want you to meet my boy, Randolph. How do you do? How do you do? I wonder if Mr. Mayworm should try the side door. I've told Randolph so much about you, Mrs. Miller. Haven't I, Randolph? Oh, oh, oh yes. I should say so. <laughs> uh, he's been drooling all over the place about you, Mrs. Miller. <laughs> yes, he certainly has been, Mrs. Miller. He's hardly talked about anything else for months. Randolph, suppose you show Mrs. Miller up to the guest room. I'd like to speak to your father a minute. Well, sure. Right this way, Mrs. Miller. Thank you. Follow me, Mrs. Miller. For goodness sake, Melvin, who is she? Dora, she's the stiffest, most straight-laced, tight-mouthed woman in the world. That's obvious, but I still ask, who is she? She's W.L. Miller's wife. And who is W.L. Miller? She's just one of the biggest smoke-tongue distributors in this country, that's all. Sheepers. Dora, if I can get this account, I won't have to give my business a thought for a year. I certainly hope this is going to be a nice, polite party. I hope you haven't asked any of your usual friends. Just what do you mean by that? No, no, don't get excited, dear. It's just that I want everything to go smoothly. You've no idea how much influence Mrs. Miller has on W.L. She's got to go home and tell W.L. that she wants him to give me his account. Well, I'll do everything I can, dear. The guest is in the guest room taking off her duds. Thanks, Randall. <laughs> Dora, I hope you're not playing cards tonight. Why not? Well, nothing, except when some of your friends sit down to play bridge. It's no longer a polite social game. They play for blood. Does the Red Cross know about that? <laughs> really, Melvin, I don't send my friends to charm school before I invite them to a party. Besides, it's going to be a very dignified affair. There's no reason why it shouldn't be just the thing to please her. I can think of a few reasons. What's that, Randolph? Uh, sort of a quick glance at my watch makes me realize that it's too late to bring up a thing. Well, if you mean about Mr. Mayworm's harp... Have him try the side door. Uh, oh, now look, Dora, there's no sense of me hanging around. I I'm going to leave Mrs. Miller entirely to you. Well, what are you going to do, Melvin? Well, I think I'll go down and look in at the office. <laughs> you certainly don't want any men around the house tonight. I should say not. I should say not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll just run along then. Have a good time tonight, Dora. And more important, see that Mrs. Miller has a good time. Oh, don't worry about her. My, Mrs. Miller certainly came as a surprise. Oh, well, I'm sure glad we have a nice party for her. Do you suppose everything is all set, Randolph? Like a fuse. <laughs> well, I guess somebody's here. Oh, hello, Mrs. Foster. Oh, Gerald, it's you. I guess Judy and Mitzi will be down in a minute. I hope you'll all go out someplace and don't come back till the party's over. Till the party's over? Hello, Gerald. Look. Oh, oh, hi, Judy. Hello, Mitzi. Hello, Gerald. Everything looks so nice, doesn't it, children? It's been a lot of work. The flowers and the... What are those cigars doing there? I put them there, Mother. Cigars? Why, well, I never heard of such a thing. Take them away at once. Well, it is a little daring. Daring? Yeah, but... It's revolting. Well, I didn't expect they'd smoke them right now, Mother, but I thought it would be nice for them to take home and smoke them in a few years, maybe. <laughs> Judy! And I put the pretzels and popcorn on the table, too. I stuck them in a couple of pretzels. bowls. Pretzels? Had... Mr. Mayworm can't get his harp through the side door either, Mother. <laughs> oh, for the love of heaven. Well said, Mother. Will everybody please stop being witty and stop putting pretzels and cigars around and let me think? Randolph, tell Mr. Mayworm to bring his harp up on the porch. Since he can't get the harp in the house, the ladies will have to come outside to hear him. The ladies, Mother? Well, certainly. What do you think I'm having to this party, men? No, but I am. 
Judy, what are you talking about? There are 15 women coming this evening. No, they're not. There are 15 boys coming. Aren't there, Mitzi? Judy's right, Mrs. Foster. See, Gerald's here already, and he's a boy. Aren't you, Gerald? Well, yes, ma'am. Judy, do you mean to say you're having a party tonight? Of course. What have we been doing all this work for? For my party. You mean a lot of women are coming tonight? Judy Foster, why do you do these things to me? Don't worry, Mother. I could have invited my Boy Scout troop, but I didn't. <laughs> Mrs. Foster, Mrs. Foster, great news. I've just succeeded in getting my harp through the cellar door. I'm going out of my mind. Well, blow me down. Visitors. I'll answer. No, no, I'll go. You better let me do it. I'm neutral. All these boys and all these girls. My, what a coincidence. We'll be back on that date with Judy in just a minute. You know, there's a funny little trick that practical jokers try out once in a while. They'll stand talking to you and all the whiles gaze intently at your left ear. Well, you soon begin to feel uncomfortable. You wonder what's wrong. And you have that same uncomfortable feeling when someone keeps glancing away from you because he doesn't like the looks of your teeth. Dull, dingy teeth always make people look the other way. But teeth polished with Pepsodent make people look your way. For teeth with that shining Pepsodent sparkle attract attention and hold it. How about your teeth? Don't take it for granted that your teeth sparkle just because you brush them every day. Not all toothpaste can give you the same results Pepsodent does. For you see... Pepsodent contains irium, the super-cleansing agent that loosens and flushes away that filmy coating you can feel with your tongue. It's this film that collects stains and hides the true luster of your teeth. Pepsodent removes it and then polishes teeth to a brilliant, shiny smoothness. So make your daily brushings pay dividends to your smile. Use Pepsodent and make teeth really sparkle. Tomorrow may be your big day, so get a tube of Pepsodent toothpaste tonight and be sure to have an empty tube with you to exchange when you say Pepsodent toothpaste, please. And now, back to Judy. Met all the boys, Mrs. Miller? I have. Gerald and Oogie and Red. And I believe this is Stinky over here. <laughs> well, you slutted Jojo Duran and Panty Waste Hoffman. <gasps> oh, gracious. Is anything wrong, Mrs. Miller? That boy just winked at me. What boy? That one. That's Oogie. I'm surprised at him. Well, there's just something in his eye. He's not being fresh, Mrs. Miller. Oh, Mrs. Foster. Uh, yes, Mrs. Newton. I think this is the most novel party. It takes me right back to my girlhood. And that's quite a trip. <laughs> Randolph, please. Hey, hey, Judy, come over here a minute. Okay, Gerald. Gee, I'm terribly sorry this happened. Oh, I honestly don't get this, Judy. All us boys and all those old dames. It's all a most terrible mess. But how was I to know Mother was having a party tonight? Oh, I understand about your mother's party, all right. But what I'm talking about is your party. Where are the girls? Well, there's Mitzi and me. Two girls for 15 men? Well, it was just an idea Mitzi and I had. Yeah. We thought it would work out all right, and it would have if Mother didn't have a party, too. Judy... Judy, I'm simply frantic. Mrs. Miller's just sitting there glaring. I think she's shocked to death. But at what, Mother? 
my goodness, nobody's done anything. I don't know what she thinks. I tried to explain we were having two parties, but I don't think she believes a word of it. Look at the way she's sitting there. She isn't very relaxed, is she? I just don't know what to do if your father loses his business deal on account of us. Do you think it would help any if I got my boys to mix with your girls? It certainly would not. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get everybody down in the cellar, and we'll listen to Mr. Mayworm play his harp. In the cellar? Well, he can't get his harp in anyplace else. So we'll just have to go down there. At least it'll get people's minds off each other. Oh, no. I have chosen a medley of the lesser-known works of Giacomo Meyerbeer. Well, all right. Frankly, I didn't know that Meyerbeer had any lesser-known works. Oh, brother, here we go again. Be quiet, Randolph. You're not supposed to be at this party anyhow. Who is? Gee, boys, I'm terribly sorry about this. This is the hottest jam session I was ever to. I wish he'd jive it up a little. On a harp? I'm terribly sorry. It's all part of the horrible mistake. There are the best-looking girls at this party I ever saw. They're part of the mistake, too. Be quiet, Mitzi. Mr. Mayworm's glaring at us. Well, I'm glaring at him, too. My special favorite number is Mrs. Miller. Look, she's asleep on her double chin. Be quiet, Gerald. She's the guest of honor. No wonder. She's the cutest one on the whole bunch. I'm terribly sorry, Gerald. I guess you're not having a very good time. Oh, Judy, I'm loving every minute of it. <coughs> there goes my E-string. This is too much. I can't go on. I just can't. Playing in a cellar like this, I'm not used to it. And all that whispering. No one's doing it, <laughs> What a pity, Mr. Mayworm. Now we won't be able to hear the end of the piece. No, oh, neither will I. <laughs> well, uh, We'll just have to go upstairs, ladies and uh, everybody. And Mr. Mayworm will have to play for us some other evening. That is debatable. Mother, Mother, come over here a minute. I want to talk to you. As a member of the family, can I be in on this conference? Be quiet, Randolph. Now, what is it, Judy? Well, on account of your women are kind of old for my men, I was wondering, could you take your party in the dining room and let my party dance in the living room? I don't care what we do anymore. Father's deal is beyond saving. Mrs. Miller's fast asleep anyhow. Are you going to wake her up, Mother, or are you going to leave her to enjoy herself? I'm going to wake her up. She's the guest of honor, and she's not going to get out of it this easily. Well, come on, everybody. My gang, I mean. We're going upstairs and play conga records. Oh, swell. That's a great idea. Come on, And what are we ladies going to do, Mrs. Foster? Well, we're going to play bridge. Would you all please go upstairs to the dining room? Randolph, I'm going upstairs with the others. Could you tactfully wake up, Mrs. Miller? You bet. Oh, Mrs. Miller! Mrs. Miller! Oops. Time to get up! Oh, what's that? I mean, uh, would you like to play some bridge? Oh, 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 lovely, lovely music. Oh, that's been over for five minutes. It has? I was sitting here thinking so deeply I didn't realize it. Oh, oh, what's that? That's conk me on the bonk with a coconut. You don't say. Gay, isn't it? Oh! My word, what's that? Oh, they started a conga upstairs. That's the house bouncing. 
evening, Mr. Spiegel. I'd like some cigars. Sure, Mr. Foster. The usual brand? Yes, sir. How come you're not at the party at your house, Mr. Foster? Oh, that's my wife's party. She doesn't want me around. <laughs> she doesn't? That's very funny, Mr. Foster. Yeah, what's funny about wanting to steer clear of a hen party? A hen party? You know, I wouldn't be too sure about that. Just what are you driving at, Spiegel? Oh, oh nothing, nothing. Uh, forget I even said anything. I, I, I wouldn't want to hurt your feelings. Now, look, you're going to lose a good customer if you don't stop hedging and come right out with what you have to say. Well, uh, this is a delicate topic. But, Mr. Foster, there are men at your house tonight. Oh, no, you're mistaken. It's strictly for women. Well, all I know is I sent two boxes of cigars over to your house, and they weren't your brand. Yeah, uh, cigars. And I want you to know you have my sympathy. Why, well, I ought to punch you right in the nose. My wife wouldn't spit. Speak I'm going right home. If anything's happened to Mrs. Miller, I'm cooked. <laughs> Young people do make a lot of noise, don't they? You know, Mrs. Foster, just while I'm dummy, I think I'll go into the living room and see what they're doing. All right, Mrs. Newton, but hurry back. The last dummy we had went in the living room and never came back. Seems most of the ladies are in the living room. Mrs. Miller. Mrs. Miller, it's your turn to play. Uh-huh. Oh, 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 um, I bid four spades. No, I'm sorry, the bidding is over. You're playing the hand. Oh, yes. I was just listening to the music. Weird, isn't it? Oh, I hope it isn't bothering you. Not at all, not at all. Well, girls, having fun. Randolph, what are you doing in here again? Go back in the living room. Okay. You know, I think I'll go with him. Just take my arm, Mrs. Miller. And, Mother, may I suggest you give up bridge entirely and play solitaire? Well, what are they doing, Randolph? That's a conga line. My, isn't Mrs. Newton graceful? I can't wait to see you in action. Judy, what in the Sam Hill is going on in this house? Oh, hello, Father. When did you come in? Where's your mother? Judy, what are you doing? The conga. Turn that music off right away. Oh, Father. Mrs. Miller, has anybody seen Mrs. Melvin? Yes. Oh, Melvin, the most awful thing has happened. I'm so sorry. Well, you ought to be. What are you trying to do, ruin my business? I thought you said this was going to be a dignified evening. Well, it started out to be, but you see that... No one else will turn off that music. I will. What are you stopping it for, Mr. Foster? I was just beginning to enjoy myself. Enjoy yourself? I I don't get it, Mrs. Miller. I I thought you'd be furious. Mr. Foster, I congratulate you. Oh, dear, this is the first time in my life I've had a good time with a business acquaintance of my husband's. Most of them are so straight-laced and boring. Really? Oh, dear, if you knew how many harp solos and mezzo-sopranos I've listened to. And I've been to so many bridge parties, I'm numb. Oh, I tell you, it's a pleasure to find people who know how to enjoy themselves. Oh, well, thank you. Why don't you join our conga line, Mrs. Miller? Oh, well, I don't know how to conga, but I bet I can still bunny hug. Bunny hug? Oh, Mrs. Miller, that's a wonderful idea. I think these young people would love it. I'll play the piano. Well, I... I don't like to brag, but uh, I was the bunny hug champion of Northern Ohio in 1911. <laughs> well, I'll be a son of a gun. Well, come on, show us how, Mrs. Miller. <laughs> all right. I, I, now, all you do is put your arms around your partner like this and let her rip. Oh, oh my. Remember, I'm a little rusty. Not so as you'd notice it. I surely never figured her for a jitterbug. Hey, what do you say, everybody? Let's all do it. This is lots better than La Conga. Come on. 
Well, this is wonderful. Well, she's having such a good time. I must say she to get that contract. Judy. Yes, Father? You know, you'd do well to take a tip from your mother. She certainly knows how to entertain. Father, you too positively said it. Hold on, there's more coming. Which reminds me, there's more coming from me, too. I haven't said anything yet about the Pepsodent 50 Tough Toothbrush and how it does right by your teeth. But I will. It does right by tender gums, too. Doesn't scratch them. Not even when the brush is new. And the Pepsodent brush has gentle nylon bristles that feel great. They don't get soggy or flabby. They stay alive and springy. And because there are 50 tufts of those gentle nylon bristles, they do an extra swell job of cleaning teeth. It's a pleasure to use the Pepsodent brush because you don't have to break it in. It feels grand right from the start. Get a Pepsodent 50 tough toothbrush tonight for each member of your family, and you'll get a bonus with every brush. A cash certificate worth 10 cents extra spending money. Well, that was some party. Wasn't it? Tea, everybody had the best time after it got started. Well, Mrs. Miller's gone to bed. I should think so. She was exhausted. You know, it was the first party I didn't have to worry about the other women snagging all the men. I can understand that. <laughs> but, Melvin, how will we entertain Mrs. Miller tomorrow night? Oh, Mother, that's all arranged. The gang's coming over and we're going to teach her how to conga. Before anybody does anything, there's a job to do in the cellar. Why, what's wrong, Randolph? It's Mr. Maywarm. He can't get his harp out of the cellar. Remember, you all have a date with Judy on Tuesday next. A Date with Judy with Deli Ellis and Dix Davis is written by Aline Leslie and Jerome Lawrence. Original music by Gordon Jenkins. And remember, too, for the safety of your smile, use Pepsodent twice a day. See your dentist twice a year. Larry Keating speaking. This program came to you from Hollywood. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for 